0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk so sid talk you have entered the 21st century and you now have windows 8 on your computer You bought Windows 8 the day it came out.
1: Are you saying it was languishing in the 20th century?
0: Yes. You bought Windows 8 the day it came out, which was, what, two years ago now? And it's been sat on your desktop, the little icon that says upgrade to Windows 8, like, because you got it digitally. And until yesterday... And
1: let's just go back a step. Why didn't I? I don't know. You know why. Because it's a pain in the ass. Every time you do something major to my computer... It's a pain in the ass. Something goes wrong. It takes all day. Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. How did it go? Oh, wait. I remember you doing it was a pain in the ass because it took you all day. You had problems. I can't sit over there and i got to go over here. (laughs) This is as close as I'm getting.
0: (laughs) You seem far away from the mic. Yeah, you
1: put it in the wrong place a little bit. I I need to
0: put it narrow to you. There you go.
1: No, I'll just talk louder. I'll just talk normal. But I want to reach this if I want to. So, um, But that's why. Because it takes you all day, and you say how things don't work, and you can't get this installed, and that didn't work. and So I just left you to it. So I did not get annoyed and frustrated. It's a lovely thing to have you update my computer.
0: True, so it was a good deal. Um, that's a pain in the ass. We only paid $15 for our copies of Windows 8 Professional. because Because on the night of Windows 8 coming out a couple of years ago, they had some kind of offer on the Microsoft Store and you could just buy a digital key for $15 if you already owned Windows 7. Um, And that's the best deal ever because it's $199 again now. Well, it has been since it came out, since after that day. But uh, I love Windows 8.
1: But I loved Windows 7, so I don't know what your problem was. Your problem was I just want all the computers to be the same. So I figured whatever bad vibes came your way. As long as I didn't lose anything, I was just going to let you do it. Uh,
0: talking of that, backup. Always backup, people. If you um.
1: And don't delete your wife's backup if she doesn't have another one.
0: Yeah, always backup. I use Acronis. I recommend it. Acronis image backup. And I do a full image of my C drive. And then if my computer does ever go south, I can just re-image it. I don't have to reformat Windows or anything. You just put the image back and Windows works. It's great. So, that's Windows uh, Update Help for this week. And uh, it's Saturday, April the 19th. This is after the show number 323. I got the number wrong last week. Yeah. I was telling you it was... By one. Yeah, I was one behind. (laughs) So, it's actually 323 this week. The movie we're looking at this week, this is after the show, by the way. We are a podcast. We review Blu-rays and movies. And this week's movie we're reviewing is Homefront... 2013 movie, actually out now on Blu-ray. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Universal. And Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis of the movie Oh, uh-huh.
1: synopsis of the fact that you forgot to bring it up to look at it.
0: Oh. I didn't little. forget to bring it up. You give it the synopsis.
1: The synopsis is a dude... Oh, it's not like a new kind of a story, but a dude... Has some problems. He's in the law enforcement. He has some problems with some really bad guys. Then kind of goes into what we're not calling witness protection, but kind of disappears. And then through some, you know, nasty locals and a very backward area where he's living. um, Shit gets back to the the original bad guy and bad things happen.
0: Hilarity ensues. No
1: hilarity. (laughs)
0: All right, so... Homefront, I didn't really know much about this one, aside from I'd seen parts of the trailer. I knew nothing. Um, So, let me sum it up. It's not the synopsis. Sum it up for the movie. What I think of the movie, my opinion, is it's pretty much a straight-up action movie. And I was thinking about that when I was watching it. Like... When I watch a Jason Statham movie, I kind of know what I'm going to get. Jason Statham's going to kick some asses. He's a tough guy. And I kind of know that. Uh, the same with Marky Mark. Movies of this ilk with him in them. You kind of know what's coming. Uh, and in this one, I feel it's just a straight-up action movie. And I was watching it thinking, this feels really like I've seen this before almost. It's the same thing. But... I was thinking to myself there's a there is a time and a place for this type of movie, and this afternoon I am enjoying this type of movie <laughs> yeah do you, do you get what I'm saying yeah like, exactly because sometimes I might like, those type of movies I'm like uh the trailer's enough the trailer pretty much tells you what in fact the trailer for this tells you the whole story if you watch it, but I was enjoying the movie it was you you could turn your brain off because there's nothing to it really I mean in terms of like there's nothing to
1: Sylvester Stallone says, it makes you think, it makes you feel, you know. I mean, it makes you think, it makes you feel. It doesn't do either of those things.
0: No, it doesn't. But, if you want to see a man ass-kicking people, uh, and, you know, when Sylvester Stallone says, it makes you think, it makes you feel, well, he's protecting his family. Yeah. Everybody likes to see that, I think. Like, some guy sticking up for his family. Well, this
1: a kid. One kid.
0: That's his family, though, right? Um... But so yeah. he talk
1: see I've got a theory about this movie and about the book and about the screenplay and right. other so, movies of this so type. So let's
0: put that it was it's a book um originally and then Sylvester Stallone adapted the book into a screenplay and then it's directed by Gary Feld So it's a it's a multiple people project, right? So what's your theory on the book and the screenplay?
1: Well, like I said, I think that I don't know what the book Holds, but I do have a history with Sylvester Stallone. Either writing or directing movies, or being in movies, and having some contributory part in it. I feel like Sylvester Stallone, and this it's highlighted in this movie. Either he really observes the nature of men, the gender of male of humans, and sees like the most worst side. And then he also sympathizes, empathizes, because he's a dude with the best side. What he would perceive as the best side. Or whoever writes these stories. Because, I was saying to you, it is portrayed in this movie. Dad protecting little girl. And, you know, there's no mother in the picture. Sad story. She's, he... The thing is, when you're observing, like, the way he writes it, it isn't really love. It's sort of like adoration for the little girl. And then you try to hurt my kid. I will bash your head into a window. I will shoot you in the face. I will drown you in the water. I will do whatever I can to protect my child. And there's definitely... There's there's no, like, love about it. It's more like, you are precious. And I'm a little... Not distant, but, you know, just functionally loves the daughter, but I'll tell you what, from a man's point of view, from what I gather, I'm a dude, you might seem a bit remote from the children and the family and all that, but you threaten a kid, and I think that's why men kind of get off on this shit. Because, in my experience, I'm not going to say all men, Because I've only, but I've only met a few that are opposite of this, but, Men are like that. There is no true connection to the family, the children, even the wife. It's just functional. This is what I'm supposed to do. I do care. I, you know, interact and all that stuff and love you kids and happy birthday and blah, blah, blah. But it's not like motherly love or womanly love. It's just different, not better or worse, just different. But that threat to the kid or the woman or, you know, kill off some dude's woman and he's coming for you, right? Because, like, that's primal. I'm going to fuck you up. And then there's this weird, you admire the person for this ultra-violent, over, over the top, I will do anything. And But he's, you know, he does a good job. Like, he keeps it subtle. His personality he keeps it toned down. And when, when he has to do it, he goes totally primal. And I think...
0: It's just pretty That's much state them in most movies, like. But
1: not just state them; it's a man movie. Like it's, it's like a man can identify with that. I don't. I'm not saying all men want to go beat up everybody. I don't think that you aren't like that. But you know, it's portrayed this way, and Stallone just keeps tapping into it. Copland was like that. You know, men are assholes
0: in his movies. Rambo. I was saying,
1: yeah, like Rambo.
0: In fact, I had some callings to Rambo. I was like, oh. I know this isn't Stallone's story, but he must be attracted to this kind of story. Exactly, a man out of place in a in a place, and then
1: he just wants know, to be left alone. And then
0: threatened, yeah, threatened for no reason, like just for the reason he's different. And he does know. his
1: best to say,
0: uh, "Just, just, just leave me alone." Yeah. Like I've give you warnings, leave me alone. I but don't need messing then with
1: he me. reflects the worst in again in Rambo, small town kind of a place, right?
0: Guy just wants to be left alone. He's just passing through. City
1: people are the same, so we don't want to pick on small towns. But there's a certain tribal aspect to the small town world, and this is set in Louisiana in sort of a bayou, kind of a small town. And his friend even says to him, like, you know, people aren't, people are a certain way down here. That's like you're different. They're not. They're not going to tolerate it. So he does a good job of reflecting that to the extreme. Obviously, not everybody in a small town. Wants to go take out the new guy, but you know, there's a grain, more than a grain of truth to it.
0: And there's definitely a formula for this type of movie, definitely. and I just kept feeling it when I was watching it. Oh, this—it's just so obvious what's going to happen, but that doesn't ruin it. In it, would ruin some movies yep. where you're just like, "This is predictable shit." Like, Agreed. But there's something a little bit more quality about this one. In fact, I would say. Like, the characters are written pretty well, aside from... There's a couple of shitty characters. Um, I think the school teacher character's not very good. Um, School
1: psychologist.
0: School psychologist. It's a bit... um, What do you call it? Boring? Not just boring. uh, Convenient, also. She's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. The women in
1: this movie are either dead or horrible bitch. Yeah. Or perfect. Or
0: perfect, yeah. She's literally perfect. Yeah, I mean,
1: the sister that we come across does turn around. Like, she comes from being the most horrible thing in the character in the movie to being yeah. like, you know, you know.
0: Yeah, and they didn't... They didn't always be predictable because they didn't go up the path of, oh, um, Statham's going to... No, Statham's going to be in love with this teacher. Oh, They true. didn't go that way at all, which I thought they were aiming for. Oh you
1: spoilers?
0: Not really. I'm just saying. I But, anything. um... So it isn't completely predictable, but there's definitely a feeling of, every time I was was watching it, going, yep, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. You can see it coming. And nothing surprised me. No. In the entire movie. But, saying that, that doesn't make it a horrible movie or anything. Like, I feel like it was a well-made movie. The fight sequences, I think, are amazing. And you tell everybody, do I like fight sequences? No.
1: No, because it's boring. They're pretty short in this. In these, in this, it's like, bam, bam, boom.
0: Really violent. I mean, You're Statham's fight scenes. I think. I like, I watch, I watch a lot of fight scenes in movies. Um, Statham's they're less staged.
1: St- I mean, they're staged obviously because they don't want to kill each other. But I mean, they're less. They appear less choreographed in terms of the dance of fighting, like we see in a lot of movies, where it seems like it's a choreographed dance of fighting. These are just like Bourne you. movies and this, even the new James Bond movies, there is a certain like. We all know it's set up. We all know they've practiced a million times. And they've gone to training and they've practiced on wooden crates and all that shit. But then there's still an element of like, oh, God, did he actually just punch that guy? Or, oh, shit, did he actually, did he, or we're going to find out in the extras that he banged that guy's head against that glass too hard because that's what it looks like. And, yeah, they're brief, They're to the point I'm rooting for really the good guy. Yeah, I'm rooting for the good guy, and I'm wanting the bad guys to get their asses kicked. So, and I'm not like that. I'm more like, oh my god, it's another fight
0: scene. And when they said in one in the extra, like, oh, it's like old-fashioned film. It is kind of like that. It's yes. it's even back to like westerns where the bad guy would get a good kick in, and you know, you would. I guess root some for of those
1: Clint Eastwood movies were that he was just a passerby. He didn't want to be fucked with, and here come the locals. Trying to give him yep. shit, and he just had to like.
0: But um, the fight sequences are really good, and like I say, super violent. Like, like Statham. I was thinking to myself watching it. I wonder if in real life Statham is a badass or is he not at all? Like, like would he never punch somebody? Like, because obviously his, his, it's his trademark now in movies. Is as soon as you see him, you know he's gonna kick somebody's ass. Like, I, I don't think I've seen him in a movie where he doesn't. He fights with somebody in every movie he's in. It's just his thing. He's like the new Steven Seagal. I've said it before. He's like the mm-hmm. modern day Steven Seagal. He's in those movies that you know they're not all great, no. but you know he's going to fight somebody, and it'll probably be well staged the fighting, and it is. But I wonder in real life if he really is a hard ass like that. Well,
1: really it works out, and he's into all those martial arts. He has and to stuff, be, does not he, for so. this? But yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So I just see this. It's a straight up old fashioned action movie. It's actually pretty fun, in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. It's very predictable, including the ending. It was just there was nothing where I went. Oh! There's none of that. They're all like, oh wow, they really duped me or anything. There's nothing. It's not. It's not a twisty thing. It's not anything really. It's just a no. uh, straight up. You know what's going to happen. That pretty much happens, and you come away like I felt kind of satisfied at the end. It was just. It's a weird thing to say because. There's a lot of movies like this where I'll watch it and just walk away and go, oh, my God. Like, But you this... like
1: Statham and you like... Franco. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, I think so. You
1: give a lot of allowance, I think, when you like the person in it. Plus, it's well done. It's
0: actually it well good. shot. It looks yeah. really nice. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy some of the, like, because it has a really beautiful landscape where Louisiana, you say, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh um, well, I
1: don't know if that's was There's a fun, lot of helicopter
0: but... shots and like up in the air shots of really lovely looking fields and scenery, like you said, um it's just shot in a really nice part of the world. Um And it's re- it is quite well made. At at the beginning when it started and Statham had that really bad wig on <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, what are we watching? What what's going on here? And they even make a joke about it. I knew that would pass. They make a joke about it. Well, later
1: Franco on. says nice
0: hair. Nice hair. Yeah, I mean, but that's a joke. Like it's yeah. like an like a yeah. We even think that hair looked bad. So, but it, it's a. I thought at the beginning when that opening scene. Oh, oh my god, this is some really low rent action movie. But then that scene actually turned out to be pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing was done on the cheap. It didn't seem it was all like. So moving on to the cast because there's not a ton we can say about the movie. What I've said is what it is. It's an <laughs> yes. action movie, a revenge. No, like not revenge, but yeah, kind of revenge. But
1: no, it's more like oh, you mean from the other a man guy's is point threatened. of view? Yeah, yeah,
0: you yeah. know, a man is threatened. He has to do what he has to do to protect his little girl, and that's that's pretty much it. There's not really much more to it. Um, they even, I was going to say they even kind of hint that there might be another one, mm. but I don't think it needs another one. No. Uh, so, let's go on to the cast. So, Jason Statham plays Phil Broker. I mean, he's pretty one-note, Jason Statham. You have to agree.
1: I think he was way better in this one, though. I think he yeah, did a really it, good job with the It's the same emotion- thing, isn't it? No, I think Acting-wise. No, I disagree. I think he did better in the emotional stuff than normally he has to do.
0: Yeah. You weren't paying
1: attention, then, because it was better.
0: I just find him... I, I actually like him, and I like... The movies that he's in, Crank, I think he's really awesome. Uh, it's just so bizarre and weird. And uh the Transporter movies, I actually love the Transporter movies. But I, he, he's pretty much the same character to me. Like, so I disagree. A, like, I, I, like, I see Jason character. Statham. I don't see Phil Broker. It's just uh, it's Jason Statham. You mm. know, I can't get away from the Jason Statham with him. I'd like to see him in, like, some serious drama or something else. Where it's where he doesn't kick somebody's ass, or a romantic comedy, or something no, totally no different.
1: No, no romantic comedy.
0: Well, just something that's not in his ballpark. Where he, he might like surprise you and go. Oh, you go. Ooh, why I did
1: you? surprise me in this one. I thought he did way. Yeah, different. not me
0: though. Not me. At all. I'm not
1: saying that the fighting isn't the same as always, but I think you weren't then looking close at his interaction with the girl and with the friend. It was more loose. It was more, you know. Like he was... If this was a
0: Transporter movie, the little girl's the package.
1: Oh, he's way different than he was in Transporter. Way different. Yeah, but he's way different. He's not
0: cold like he is in Transporter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's what I'm saying.
1: He totally brings different... When he has to interact with her, there's this thing that comes down about him that in the other scenes where he's confronting the bad guys, it's right up there. That's the guy you're thinking of. But then the other bits just sort of melt him a little bit, and I think... That's progress for a person. I
0: was going to say, like, when you go right back to, like, Revolver and Snatch, and but still, he was just a hard-ass or a wise guy, like a like a con man or a... Um, so James Franco plays Morgan Gator Bodine. He's, uh... It's Franco doing, like, his kind of out-there character a little bit, you know? It's not him. Like, it's not Spring Breakers, dude, but it's... Far away from James Franco. It's
1: it's Spring Breakers' cousin who lives in the movie. Yeah, it really
0: is. Yeah, it's yeah. a relation of Spring Breakers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it's pretty good. It's not as he's not menacing. It's me. not as over. The, no, I that that was the problem I had with James Franco in this movie. I wasn't scared of him. Nope. I felt
1: like any minute he was going to flip around and be like, "Oh, this guy's not a bad guy. Why am I treating him I'm like?" Shit. Well, I
0: actually kept thinking he's such a bumbling kind of low rent crook. He, he's there's he's not, not a really crook. Well, I just mean low rent. He is a crook, really. I mean, just a... Drug dealer. Hood or whatever. He's just so low rent. He makes meth. Yeah. But he's just so nothing that, yeah, this small town might think he's a scary Because all we get
1: to see him do is crack some kid in the knee with a bat. Now, if we'd seen him do something really horrible in the beginning... I mean, you have seen like, where,
0: they, where they introduce him and he... Like, they're a bunch of teenagers and he... Like, I know, but all he does is it
1: hit him with a bat, he didn't kill anybody. No. He didn't make you feel... He'd make you feel like he's trying to father you into behaving better, but with a really hard, the jerky kind of if father. If he'd killed
0: like, one of these kids, just straight out cold murdered one of these kids and said, don't do meth in, in this place and kill one of them, then you'd have been like, oh my fuck, this guy's insane. Exactly. But there was none of that. It no. Was, so I... I didn't ever feel threatened by him. Aside from, I felt that... Not threatened, so much as... He's just kind of stupid, so thing he's going to make things wrong for Statham, like... Because he's...
1: I don't think he's stupid. I, d-
0: I just mean... Doesn't really have any... He's small time. Yeah, doesn't have any, like, head on his shoulders. He, he's not... He, he's just like, oh, here's an opportunity, let's go for that, like... You know, without thinking about the possibilities of anything. Because... The possibilities of the thing he, he sends her into doing there's no way she's going to pull that off, like you can see it them immediately when she says of the meeting, but she does
1: because he comes
0: yeah, I know, but it, i mean he's he doesn't think things through it's not very well thought through, right, so I never felt challenged by him or anything so but having said that he- he played that character good, I mm-hmm. believe that character, the scenes between um Him and Kate Bosworth I really liked, where she's trying to get drugs off him. I I felt those were the best scenes. Yeah. Um, Winona Ryder plays Cheryl Marie Mott. She's um, his girlfriend. uh, Franco's girlfriend. Um, It's kind of a different role for Winona Ryder, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a little
1: frazzled. She overdoes it a tiny bit, but I I get the character. I've met women like her, so it's kind of weird.
0: And I did think she overdid it a little bit. There were scenes where she were like, I was like, you know, she's not, this isn't the greatest acting. But you could
1: also say that the sister overdid it, but actually I've heard women like her rip into somebody. So it didn't seem, over. The, it seemed like she had experienced that or witnessed that and then was able to translate it. Whereas one of the writers more of a, a, a extra frazzle, like acting frazzle than real life. Frazzled. I liked
0: Winona Ryder in the Iceman better than she did in the, in this one. Yeah. Because um, I thought she was really good in that. Yes. Um, Kate Bosworth plays the sister Casey Bodine Clum. Uh, um, good job. Yeah. She's really horrible. Because she's this horrible.
1: <laughs> horrible, but the What is
0: it? She's taking meth, right? Yeah. So there was one scene between her and Franco where she said, you need me to beg or whatever and it, it was a getting creepy. a bit weird getting yes. a bit weird yeah. and I was like am I taking this wrong or is it really getting weird
1: I felt that way too so in the book it yeah. might explain a little yeah. bit more
0: so, and that really would have been more interesting <laughs> if they would have furthered that a little bit because I would have been like oh wow this is really fucked up like, Yeah. but they never really go to that fucked up thing um, but she's really good in this um, and she even looks like a drug addict Yeah. like she's thin well, she's skinny yeah really thin <laughs> like bones are poking out of her thin yep and I've seen her in other things, and she's not always like that. Um, did she go that far for this role? <laughs> well, this when you're
1: already skinny, if you lose 20 pounds, you're going to look like that. and yeah. she was already skinny.
0: And then finally, I put down I- Isabella Vidick Vidovic, and she plays Maddie Broker, the chi- the child um child <laughs> yeah star. Um, and she's it's a star. F- and but... it's her first movie that she's done because it says Introducing at the beginning. She's been in TV shows. Um, and I think she did a good. Oh, job. she
1: did a really good job.
0: Yeah, she's um. There's some deleted scenes on the Blu-ray, and you notice the deleted scenes were him and her talking, which I really liked. Yeah, and it's a shame those were cut because there were more of a father daughter. Yeah, but you get
1: a lot of it. I mean, they do dish it up a lot.
0: Yeah, but she was really good. I'd like to see her again in something else. Um, I think she did a good job, especially with the
1: the emotion was really good when she had to talk about her mother.
0: Yeah, and dealing with a like a. Like just a dad dragging her around everywhere trying to keep her safe, but yeah. she sees it as a kid. Like, why? Why are we going again? Like it's. Um, so this is directed by Gary Fleder, and he directed Runaway Jury, which I actually quite enjoyed, and it's a similar type of movie in a different way. Like you know when you watch Runaway Jury and you watch it and you're like, oh okay. But I didn't I, think it was very good. No, I, I kind of liked it, I, uh, and it. But it was that you kind. Hugh Cusack. Yeah, but it's the kind of movie that you watch and you go. You watch it start to finish, and you go, "Okay, that was no surprises or anything, but I kind of enjoyed the ride of it." Con Air is another one that I was thinking of, because <laughs> Con Air is um, it's it's just an action movie start to finish, but it's kind of enjoyable in some way.
1: Well, it's got hooks though. It's not just your plain old action movie. It's got hooks of those weird people on the plane, the serial killers, BC's going to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's got its own little special interesting elements. Whereas other movies are just nobody is quirky or weird or outside of the formula. Con Air offers you up some, you know, same as Armageddon. I I
0: thought of Con Air a few times watching this movie. I don't know what that was about. It might have been the fight sequences or something, like some fight sequence I was thinking in that with KG fighting.
1: More like he's put in a position now to be bad somewhat. And the potential for him getting in, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he directed Runaway Jory, which I kind of enjoyed, and Kiss the Girls, which I don't even believe I saw. Did you see that one? I think Morgan Freeman is in that one.
1: I think so. Oh, um, maybe.
0: I think you maybe did see it. But, maybe. But um, as far as directing, I liked how it was directed, but it is pretty straightforward. Like, but that's what I was th- Every time I was watching this, I was like, yeah, there is a time and a place for this kind of movie. Like, it's not it's not an old-fashioned type of movie thing. that's gone and forgotten. It's actually a story to be told. It's very simple, and it's very easy to sit and watch and just shut your brain off and watch it. It's not, you know, Punch Drunk Love or something like that. But there again, not everything has to be. If it's done with a quality to it, then it's worth watching, I think, and enjoyable. It's not the greatest movie in the world. So as far as Blu-ray uh, extras... What did you think of the extras? There was some deleted scenes, Nothing. and there was there was basically some deleted scenes, which I quite liked because they were about they were the daughter and Statham talking, and I um I quite digged them actually. Apart aside from they were a green screen in yeah. a car with a green screen, um and then there was a, a an extra called Homefront, and it was just like the trailer with some talking heads over it. Very brief, less than two minutes, and that's it. So.
1: Yeah, I thought there were nothing.
0: I would have liked a Stallone um, commentary. There's nothing? There's nothing, that's what I'm saying, there's nothing. There's just those two things. So, um, I would have liked to hear Stallone and Statham talk about this movie.
1: Yeah, but you know what they're going to say. He trained and we did the fights. I don't know, sometimes. I've
0: not really heard lots of Stallone commentaries, and I, I aside from Rocky, but um, you don't listen to commentary so much, mm-hmm. but I really like commentaries, and sometimes when it's somebody who I'm interested in, it's like listening to an interview with them. Like, I like listening to Howard Stern because they have interviews with people on and sometimes they'll talk about things that they ordinarily won't talk about. What I've found in movie commentaries is sometimes they go off on tangents about all kinds of things and you're like, wow, I'd never really hear this anywhere, them talking like that. So I really would like to hear, but yeah, nothing on this Blu-ray, unfortunately. Um, So, conclusion? Is that a
1: question? Why do I have to give the conclusion?
0: Oh, okay. I'll give the conclusion. My <laughs> con- my conclusion, we both usually do, but my conclusion, conclusion is, it's a shut off your brain action film that's uh, fun for the 90 minutes it runs.
1: But it's not fun because it's terrible things happening.
0: Terrible things happening, but I had fun as far as like, I feel like I have fun at the movies. Like I'm, I'm actually entertained by the movie sitting there.
1: It dredges up some of your primal protect the woman slash children thing.
0: For some reason, I like watching Statham kick people's asses. I don't know why. Like it's, it, I think he's, like I say, I don't know if he can fight in real life, but he seems like he can fight. And the sound effects and everything are really grisly. Yeah,
1: very grisly.
0: People get really badly beaten down by him, and it's like he's like a superhero. Like because I always think, okay, somebody's getting into a fight with him, they have no chance. But we understand he has a history of training, mm-hmm.
1: so. It's not like superhero. But
0: I'm talking about Statham in general throughout all movies. True. I, th- I think if you are getting into a fight with Statham, you're pretty much going to be on the floor. So, that's what's going to happen. Even if it's 20 men in a room, all 20 of those men will be on the floor at the end of it.
1: Yes, it's semi-predictable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. And yeah. I thought, when it opened up, that this it was going to be generic and boring. It kind of is, but there's something extra over the top of it.
1: It's generic and boring, and I yeah. liked it.
0: <laughs> that's why that's it's fair. weird. Yes. That's why it's a weird I think one. that's fair. So uh, thanks to Universal for letting us review this Blu-ray. And if you want to enter a contest, we've got some new contests going up this week. You can win a copy of Transformers Energon, which is the full season Um all like thirty one episodes, you can win a copy of that. And also later on this week, if you go to aschoolie dot com, you can win a copy of the new Angry Birds movie uh on D V D and a lucky winner will receive the the D V D and a cuddly toy and a backpack. So, um that's That how is a very
1: good prize. And I said, Dude, I don't know anybody who loves Angry Birds.
0: You mean and you, you could see. rig the contest and let them win? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I could have slipped it out of the box before you ever passed it on. As And if it was Plants vs. Zombies, forget about it. It would not be leaving this house.
0: So next week's uh, Blu-ray review will be Spike Lee's Old Boy. Um, and we'll be looking at that next week. So Are the, you interested? Uh, I'm not a Spike Lee fan, as you know. But I am an Old Boy fan. Because I have seen the original. Um so it could be a bit of a mixed bag. But I know that next week we'll also be seeing some people getting their ass kicked. <laughs> Correct. That will happen in that movie. <laughs> if it's <he's> um, <laughs> true to the story. Yeah. So uh, that's all by next week. Movie recommendations for this week. We we recommend some movies in this section of the show based on the movie that we've just seen, or in Sid Talk's case, not based on anything. Correct. Uh so me, I am going with the Transporter series. And you know what? I hate to say this, but I've still never seen the third one. Are you sure? Never yeah, yeah, it. but
1: that's the one with the woman.
0: No, the second the kid. one. Second one is the one with the woman and the kid. Is it? Yeah, the mm-hmm. third one I never seen it. It takes place in Europe, I, I believe. It was. It wasn't. Didn't do very well. It's still Statham. It's the same. We need to see it. Mm. I have to get that, and we have to see it because um, I do enjoy the other two. Second one I really like a lot because it's kind of massive. Yeah, but
1: the first one's better.
0: But, uh, throwing
1: yeah. a woman at a bunch of guys I mean
0: but on. I want to record transporter series we've still got to see the third one and my other one's The Mechanic which um, Statham's actually filming the second Mechanic now that's the he's doing Fast and the Furious 7 and The Mechanic 2 but I really enjoyed The Mechanic I think it was really good who was the bad guy in The Mechanic uh, not the bad guy the other guy it wasn't Ryan Gosling but it was nope. the guy who's like Ryan Gosling <laughs> I
1: don't think he's like Ryan Gosling but I don't know who you're talking about
0: Yeah, I can't remember
1: but yeah, it was I like a little it, bit nervous. It's um, not Giovanni No. BC.
0: But the mechanic is um, like a remake of the of a film from the sixties. Uh, I really enjoyed the remake of it. And it you know what? Similar to this movie. It's fairly predictable, but it's got a good got enough quality about it. Yeah. So um Sid Talk.
1: My recommendations are Cosmos and Cosmos. It's a television show. One is with Carl Sagan from like the seventies Oh, yeah. One is with, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson from now, still on, like haven't, we haven't got through a whole season yet. It is an exploration of the cosmos and understanding, like, the universe as much as they know from er- everything from thinking about the universe as a whole, like how stars form all the way down to, um, You know, little human shit like inventing, discovering viruses or Newton's laws, how he comes across them. And they do little, the new one has little animated vignettes of, like, Isaac Newton and other scientists that you might not have heard of, but they did, like, massive things. The old one is Carl Sagan. It's quite indulgent. It has real life enactments of different things, you know, um medieval times and the plague and people discovering shit like Galileo and stuff like that. Would you call that a
0: documentary?
1: It's not a documentary because it is, it isn't like, no, because there's so many reenactments and it's basically just a science exploration show. And it isn't always about planets and stars and it isn't always about nature like, you know, nature on the planet. It's just sort of everything. And I love it. I love both of them. I, know, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think he does a great job hosting it, and I recommend that you watch it. If you're Mr. or Miss, there's a god who created everything, and these people are evil for saying that something else is afoot, then
0: you're probably not going to like it. So you mean the show, like, <laughs> questions... did
1: not question anything. It doesn't even address it. It just says it, like... Science. What science has determined is what it is.
0: That Big
1: Bang happened. Oh, so they
0: just straight up say the Big Bang happened. Nothing else. There's no other possibility that that's what happened.
1: No. The, the way he says it is always like, theory, you know, scientists have come to the conclusion that. Right. After the Big Bang. Because that that's what science is. Science isn't, this is how it is and that's it. And so he will say, different times talking about stars, constellations, or comets, or weather, or sun flares, or something like that, he'll say, it's no wonder that ancient humans, or humans a million years ago, um, attributed this to a power that they couldn't understand. But now we understand what a comet is. Now we understand the seasons. So he's kind of addressing the idea that people attach sort of like magic... Superstition, mythology to nature because they didn't understand, and we just will still do it. He'll point out even now things that they don't fully understand why it works. So I just think it's a really good um, reference. I think it's great for kids because it's fun. Sometimes it's like this. What this last one was going into a dewdrop, like like the actual he called it the cosmos on a dewdrop, where like inside of a dewdrop, a little drop of water. Like, all the stuff that's happening on a leaf of a plant. And it goes into, like, the chloroplast and the tiniest holes in a leaf and how that leaf can breathe in what it needs to breathe in to make oxygen for us and all that kind of stuff. So you and think
0: it'll, the, they'll use it in schools, possibly? I have no idea. They use the original in schools still, apparently. I have no idea. No, they do.
1: I understand, but I have no idea.
0: Because uh, this is obviously an update. Because it is probably a bit dated, though.
1: Right, way. and what it is is a reference to what science... You know, at this point, what you know science has established this, this, and this. But then again, things change. Things have changed since Carl Sagan's. So you know.
0: So only you could recommend Cosmos from Homefront. <laughs> 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 only me. Yeah. So games and A. Schooly stuff this week. I've been playing one game and one game only. It's Trials Fusion, which is actually out now. I did play in the beta for a little bit, but the whole game is out now. And what Trials Fusion is, um, it is the third, I believe, or fourth, maybe. Uh, in the Trials series, which is about motorcycles. And the whole idea of the game is, you're a man on a motorcycle, and you have to get from A to B. And in between A and B, is uh, a load of obstacles for you to get over, and you're not supposed to fall off your bike. Um, It gets progressively harder as the game goes through. Like, uh, it ends up being so hard, you will probably want to kill something while you're playing it. It's that kind of game, do you know what I mean? It's made to challenge... in to the extreme. Now, I've really enjoyed the first five or six worlds, and each world has about eight eight different tracks in it. Um, but there's a huge difficulty spike. When you, I can do all the hard tracks. I can do the easy tracks, the medium tracks, and then the hard tracks. And I'm quite fine at doing them. And then it comes to extreme. And this is the case in any trials game, and this one's no exception. You get to the extreme, and the difficulty jump from hard to extreme is almost extreme. like it's a different thing. Extreme, like, Yeah, well, it's almost like it's a different thing. Like, it's like, oh, I mastered this game completely on hard. Now, I should be fairly set to go for extreme, right? No. Because it's like, on hard, like, to get from the beginning to the end of the track, they'll say, you can mess up twice. During fall off twice and you can still finish the track. When it gets to extreme, the track is extremely hard. As in, like there are places where you have to like do ridiculous things, like drive straight up a wall and keep your balance. But you, you can have zero faults, right. and the track's a lot longer and it's a lot harder. And I look at them and I try them, and seriously, I can be a quarter into the track, and I'll I'll have had two hundred faults. <laughs> So I'm like, brruh, brruh, just right. falling off, falling off, and you can only have 500 faults, and then it quit. It says like, that's too many faults. You have to start again. I can't. I you can go in the uh, leaderboards, and you can watch the top. You can watch anybody's replay. You can actually physically watch it, and when you watch it, it shows you at the bottom the buttons they're pressing as well, so you can see exactly what they're doing. That's interesting. Right. So if you go and watch the number one guy in the world do the extreme track. And he just does it as though it, as though it's nothing. He goes from the start to the finish, and he never falls off. And it and the time is like twenty five seconds start to finish. where it take me like maybe three hours to get to the end if it can even get to the end? You watch that guy, and you're like, I don't think I could ever do that. Like it, how does he even do it? I can see what buttons he's pressing. I can see when he's applying the brake, when he's applying the throttle. So I will use some of that knowledge and try that myself. It never works. Like, I think, oh, yeah, I see what he's doing. And then I try it, and it doesn't. I just fall off. Right. So there's some kind of gift you've got to have to do these extreme levels. Um, I understand why they're there for the people who are really awesome, but what it does for somebody like me when I get from hard, and now all I've got left is the extreme tracks. I don't want to play it. Yeah. Like Like, you've hit a wall where you go, okay, that's about as good as I am at this game, so meh. Now, what's what it's saving grace is, though, is there's a track creator in the game, and then you can go into Track Central, and there's thousands of tracks that people have made. And they're categorized from easy to medium to hard. So you could log on there every day and play different tracks. And there are really imaginative things that people have done, like I, drove, I did one yesterday that somebody had done, and it was a train track, and they'd built a whole train track, and there'd been a train accident. So all the carriages were all spilled off, and they were all on fire. And you were going across all the trains and they called it like the great train incident and you were going across a bridge. and So what they do as well is every few months they add a DLC pack and it adds new objects and ramps and stuff. So it this creator track part always has new stuff. Right. And you can just, there's a big button on the front page of the Track Central that says uh, pick uh, Red Links, the people who make it, our recommended tracks from the community. And there's a big bunch of 100 tracks there, which are like the ones that they've said, oh, these are actually good tracks, not shitty ones that you can't finish, like ones that we've tested and they're actually good. You can sit and play that every day and it's different. So this game has endless replay. It's just that campaign mode. And I've played all the Trials games and ended in exactly the same place. Oh, all right. I And I try, like even if I sit here now for an hour and try, lot, let me try that first Extreme track. You would watch it and you'd be like, I don't think you're ever going to do it. It's, it looks impossible. So, Did you do
1: that brain thing? The, te- the one. No. You oh no.
0: But there is a certain like. Um, but you do it every day. Right, but there is a certain. You have a certain skill level of of something, and no matter how hard you you can't. Like I don't know how these guys do that extreme. All I can think is they sit there, and fall off and fall off Inlessly. and fall off, all night or all week. And then eventually they do it perfect. And they, you know, because the PS4 now has videotaping all the time, it's always recording what you're doing. They show you the perfect run. And then, but, you know, how long does it take them to get to that perfect run? You've just got to have that kind of, I'll just keep trying this until eventually I do it. So that's Trials Fusion. It's really, really fun. Um, There isn't any multiplayer this time, which I'm disappointed with, because they had online multiplayer where you could race each other. All they've got this time when you enter the multiplayer is, like, on-couch multiplayer where you have to sit and race with your friends. I'd rather race with people online. That isn't in there. Um, it's $20. And no one else is sitting on our couch. No, it's it's $20, which is um, about the right price for Trials game. They've always been $20. They're a downloadable game, but this time you can buy this one on disc. Um, so that's the only game I've been playing this week. But I also wanted to mention, we watched a new TV program this week called Fargo. And uh, you film watchers out there might, oh, Fargo, probably recognize that name. And that will be right. It's It's a trend.
1: It's a trend. We've been watching Dust Till Dawn and now we're watching Drago.
0: Yeah. So we watched the pilot episode of Fargo, which was on on Tuesday night on FXX, Mm -hmm. which is the second FX channel. Um, It stars Billy Bob Thornton and Martin Freeman, who we just recently watched in The Hobbit. Um, I like it better in this show. And it's based on the Coen (laughs) Brothers movie Fargo. It's not a retelling of that movie. It's inspired by that movie. It's a brand new story.
1: It's not brand new. Let's be very honest. It's not every element isn't brand
0: new. I mean, the it's a new story in the Fargo universe. The guy's universe. like
1: a failing salesman of some type, and he's what got a wife mean, is it's, annoying. It's
0: and... a, not, the, not the movie, and the, not the story of the movie. Right, it's not
1: completely devoid. It's not minus no. the movie.
0: So what did you think of uh, the pilot episode? I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'll tell you why I thoroughly enjoyed it. Billy Bob Thornton in it. He's like the devil. He's literally the devil. <laughs> he's
1: how bad you want Franco to be yeah. in the other movie. But I mean,
0: he's the devil. I'm frightened of him. Like, exactly.
1: Like... And for doing nothing, hardly. No. I mean, behaviorally. Very He's so cold subtle. and cool
0: like, as well. Like it, w- I don't want to spoil any, because you need to go and watch this episode.
1: His philosophy of life tells you everything. Yeah. And the philosophy is, there are no rules. The person... You think there are rules... There are no rules. And that's scary.
0: Another Coen Brothers uh, thing, another Coen Brothers movie, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. That guy really creeped the shit out of me, and Billy Bob's on a par with that. It's it's that creepy, like, this it's guy the, can do anything. Unpredictable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it becomes so unpredictable that it's predictable that you won't, that you have to just let it go. Because yeah. you don't know if he's going to shoot that cop on the side of the road or if he's going to be like Javier in that movie and say, I'm going to flip you for it or into this question right and you'll be fine. Or I'm just going to slice your throat. I mean, you never know.
0: All I can guy. say is when it finished and it, it was a 90-minute n- episode for the um, s- season premiere, um, I felt like I'd watched a Coen Brothers movie. No, oh, definitely. They're not directing or anything, but they're he- heavily involved in the show. Um, but it actually... It's got them all over it, the vibe of it. The mm-hmm. comedy, it's very funny, but it's that kind of funny where you're like... Ugh.
1: It's Fargo funny.
0: Yeah, like this, what's happening right now, I shouldn't be laughing at, but I am laughing exactly. at Exactly,
1: like Very Bad Things.
0: Or um, the other Coen Brothers movie, Burn After Reading, which yeah. is very funny, but really dark at the same time. And Brad Pitt is amazing in that movie.
1: Yeah, no, he isn't. Not long for this world in that
0: movie, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Fargo. It's on FXX. Uh, it's on for the next ten weeks.
1: And Dust Till Dawn, still staying good. Getting better, in fact. And it was always good.
0: Dust Till Dawn was... Uh, still, nobody's speaking about Dust Till Dawn. It's on the air Fargo, Network. you said. N- I've not seen much about talk about Fargo either. Dust Till Dawn, though, this week... Uh, and it's and it's it's off for a week now. It's not coming back until... You know, it's off taking a week off. But, um... That was an awesome cliffhanger type. It mm-hmm. was like, oh, I really don't want this to end. Please don't end now and then it ends exactly where you know it's going to end. But um and the other thing, one more TV show we've been watching, Game of Thrones. Um don't want to give any spoilers because you might not have seen it yet. Correct. But um it's good. Pretty jaw-dropping, <laughs> it, pretty jaw-dropping episode on on yeah. this one. Like the quality of TV at, at the moment, I was saying to you, is not high. all
1: of TV. You're nip you're picking because there's probably been old. The quality really- of
0: TV that I'm watching right now right. is high.
1: Right, and that's not to say that at all times there aren't high quality television shows. You just don't watch them. And
0: also, Mad Men started on <laughs> yeah. Sunday, and I'm really love Mad Men, and uh, this is the last season again. Uh, it's a slow, but it was a slow start, I think, to the season. But I, I just enjoy seeing it. I enjoy seeing the fashions and the that era, and I enjoy.
1: What you miss is that he's not Mr. Hot Shit anymore, and that was part of the hook of the beginning. I actually that...
0: like seeing him not being the hot shit because it right, plus him it's in a his slow
1: play... start. As no, in, I mean a what? slow
0: start, as in there wasn't really a ton going on in that first episode. It was more like
1: there's loads.
0: Let's get back to you find seeing... out where Pete
1: is and where he is, and that the guys.
0: Yeah, but not getting into anything, just. You know, setting us back up again to say, oh look, these are Mm here, he's here, he's here, he's here. And then next week, it'll get back, well this week, it'll get back into the, um, you know, what exactly is going on. But I don't know where it's going to go for a final. Good. Do you
1: want to know? Uh, No, that's what I really
0: like, so I'm I'm saying. So Mad Men is back. Game of Thrones is really good at the moment. You definitely should watch Fargo and From Dusk Till Dawn is a must watch. Oh yeah,
1: From Dusk Till Dawn.
0: So um, Sid Talk, what's for dinner?
1: Well, if it's early enough, and it appears that it is,
0: we're going to have Subway,
1: because I don't want to cook anything. But, if this drags on and I end up playing The Sims a little bit too long, which is running in the background, because you reformatted my computer and I'm making sure it works, I have to test it, uh, then I'll make some Larry David pasta. I think you you should
0: go to Subway and start your backup.
1: No, I can't can't do the backup while I'm playing The Sims. (laughs) (laughs) If you hadn't deleted it, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But that's beside the point. Did you mention we're married to each other? So that's why, you know, deleting the wife's backup. Whatever. So that's it. We're going to have Larry David pasta, which isn't Larry David pasta. It's Rana. G- uh, Giovanni Rana. If you go
0: in the, in the grocery store and you look at the pasta, there's <laughs> well, a pasta. Well, it's in the
1: refrigerated section.
0: Yeah, there's a pasta. If you look at the guy on the cover, he looks just like Larry David. So it's now called <laughs> Larry David And then we get David Paul pasta.
1: Newman's... Cadoozy cano doozy, something like that, um sauce that's like really flavorful. It's
0: probably the only collaboration Paul Newman and Larry <laughs> David will ever do, right?
1: <laughs> in our kitchen, <laughs> yeah. which isn't really even Paul Newman and Larry David, but whatever. So those are the options at this point. And it's looking like Subway might be winning. And your
0: advice for this week?
1: What did you put in my advice? You uh, had to mention You are yeah.
0: the winner of Employee <laughs> of the Year. <laughs> no at your workplace. <laughs>
1: the year I was just trying to make it sound I don't even cool. think yeah uh, I don't even think there is such thing as the year um my advice is I was listening to a very very brief little video I, I listen to or I watch these little videos on YouTube called big think and it's just people of all different professions who give sort of their philosophy or a science thing or a business thing you know a real couple minutes. And this woman's thing was about personalities and that the two types of personalities that mostly, you know, you deal with in life are the overly sensitive people or the sensitive people, as someone like me would say, overly sensitive, because I'm the other one. I'm the non-sensitive person. Now, I think people confuse sensitivity and expression. I will express to you. If I am pissed off, or if you have offended me, or if you have touched a nerve with me. But then two seconds later, I'm done with it. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm done. That's why I got it out of my body. If you annoy me and I go, oh my god, that's so annoying. I'm done being annoyed. That's why traffic lingers in my mind, because I can't yell at the person in their face. I can only yell in the car. Expression is different than emotion, a person who's overly sensitive is overly emotional because they will hang on to this hurt and the broken heart about somebody eating their lunch at work or that somebody looked at them wrong or when they got their hair done nobody said anything or whatever it is. And someone like me, and she kind of jokingly points out that if you're, if I'm saying to someone like, Who cares about your hair? Like, it's fine. Well, the overly sensitive person, or the sensitive person, is like crushed by that. Like, they can't even imagine how cold and heartless I am by saying, your hair doesn't matter. And what I'm saying is, your hair doesn't matter because you're fine. Like, I'm saying the most positive thing to you you can imagine. That you are fine. It doesn't matter how your hair looks. You're fine the way you are. Whatever you do to your hair doesn't subtract or add to what a great person you are. So when I say to you, "Oh, it's fine," I guess I didn't really notice. Um, that's fine. I'm not being cold-hearted. I'm just—it's irrelevant to me. And it happens in business, and it happens at work, and you—I see it. The more I've done some personality tests over the years, and I did, took a little online class for work about difficult personalities. I can be considered a difficult personality, not because I'm difficult to work with, but because when I communicate to someone, I'm fairly straightforward. There are certain topics that I have a hard time broaching with people, like body odor. (laughs) It's a tough one because I understand how it works with someone in body odor, right? I understand the psychology of it. It's a difficult one. or. I have to figure out, because I'm kind of extra tidy at work, is is it just me being extra tidy? Do I have any right to address this with the person sitting next to me who's flicking his sunflower seeds on the floor? Because does it really matter? Is it just being me? So I, I don't just boldly, it depends on the person, but mostly I don't just go, oh my God, you're such a slob. Whereas, you know, a lot of other things, I can just look straight in my manager's face when he tells me something and say, what are you talking about? Why are you telling me that? Or, um, I disagree with you, completely disagree with you. Like, I have no, it, I have no stop sign there sometimes. So my advice is, if you're an a sensitive person, right, it shouldn't always be the burden of the non-sensitive person, like me, as you might call me, to uh, tiptoe around you, because I'm not gonna. Um, you're grown up. And if you get your little feelings hurt because I'm not staring you in the eye while I'm talking to you, that's nothing to do with me. He could have
0: brought us to a conversation you was having with our nephew this week.
1: <laughs> a little bit. <clears throat> well, in what way?
0: Because you were having a conversation and he wasn't comfortable with the conversation at all, even though it wasn't an uncomfortable conversation. Right. He was, he was kind of like, please don't talk to me about this.
1: But didn't have a reason.
0: No reason. And there
1: wasn't really a reason behind it. No. There wasn't a sensitive issue, it wasn't anything, it was just... Just
0: that he thinks you shouldn't be asking him?
1: That that the, my straight line of asking a question about something is like... Ugh, I don't it like confuses the sensitive person sometimes. It's almost like they overcomplicate things, and I see that. Whereas I think I oversimplify things sometimes. It's either this or it's that. Like, fuck, get over whatever it is that you're dealing with that's in this moment. I'm not talking about horrible things. I'm talking about, like, if five seconds ago I said to you, have you done that task? And it's very clear to me that you're making no effort to do that task. And then I say to you, not five seconds, maybe five minutes later, don't forget to do that task, you know? I'm not tiptoeing around you like, oh, well, might have to get a call from the child's school or might have to fucking worry about the husband being a dickhead five hours later when they go home. I don't care about any of that. That's the truth. I'm asking you to do a task. And if you're highly emotional at that moment, maybe ignore the emotions, do the task, and you'll feel better.
0: I don't know. And is that why you're employee of the year? I'm <laughs>
1: not employee of the year. I don't even know what I am, to be honest. You're
0: employee of the month, apparently. Of
1: the month, but I don't know 100%.
0: The best employee of this month.
1: I don't know that. I don't know 100%. It's, like, mysterious, so...
0: I think you win. you've win. won a prize.
1: <laughs> Again, I've been like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you talking? Why are you giving me this? Like, I go to work, I do my job. Yes, I will say... This is another forward thing. I will say, I do go a little bit beyond occasionally than what I'm asked. But I also almost refuse to do a lot of shit. I don't follow the dress code. I do talk to the people who are in authority over me. The way I talk to most people. Um, But I have a dual thing. If the director calls me up and says... Cindy, I need the stats on something or other or whatever, and blah, blah blah. I'll say you want a spreadsheet, and he says yes. And five minutes later or ten minutes later, I've got it done. I send it. Other people will hum and haw and how do you do it and, blah, 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 and worry about it and get a group together and all that shit, and I just do it. Other times, I get asked to do something, and I look them square in the face and I say, "That's like so unproductive. Why are you having me do this?" They explain, and I repeat it. Okay, you know, I disagree with this. I'll do it. So I don't know, what the deal is with this particular little I don't say little because if it is what they say it is, then that's very nice. It's a but I'm not an uh ambitiousy type of person. If they give
0: you a medal, will you wear it?
1: <laughs> I'll turn it into an earring and wear <laughs> it on one of my ears. Um I think that a lot of times in government or business, they think that these are incentive this incentivizes people. I happen to really like my job. This is some more advice for you. If you dislike your job, it might just be you. Like, it might not be your job. Your job could be really shitty, don't get me wrong. But if you're just pissing and moaning and you have a job where you sit on your butt all day and, like, mine's a lot of that. You're sitting at a computer and you're doing tasks and it's kind of technical and whatnot. Um... There are other people who do my exact same job, cause we have a 24 hour thing, and so everybody who's in my position does the exact same job. Other ones dislike it. They bitch about it, they moan about it, uh, roll their eyes at every task, and da and I'm like, how can you complain? You're in a cool, I mean, it's, it's a cool kind of a job, and yes, it has its moments, but,
0: and cool, literally, because it's a. It is quite good.
1: I had to wear my jacket at all times. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's some more advice for you. Maybe those are the overly sensitive people, and every single thing just annoys them so bad they want. I mean, I would rather be at home doing what I want at all times. I can't argue with that. I wouldn't go. Oh, please let me come to work. I'll come for free. Like I'm not gonna be like that. But when I go to work, I enjoy being there. Like. I make it my own thing, you know. I nest a little bit every single time. I make it smell the way I want. I tidy up the way I want. I do my tasks the way I want at my leisure, well, at my own pace. And I don't think that's advice, but.
0: <laughs> so let me. Uh, this just me talking. Let me remind all you sensitive people uh, about our websites ascully.com and sidtart.com. You can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook. And you can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zune Marketplace, the RSS feed. Just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, or stitcher.com. We're also on stitcher.com. And notice we get a lot of listeners from stitcher.com, so that really? seems to be where people are listening to the show. Uh, you can also email feedback to ascoli at ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk, because she doesn't want your shit.
1: I'm overly sensitive to the fact that you might want to email me.
0: And stay classy, Mr. Jason Statham, and may we see you kick many butts... In every film you're in, from now until
1: oh, you said you want to see him in a romantic. Also, comedy. I want to see him in a
0: romantic comedy, but then you go and kick somebody's ass. How about the in the
1: romantic comedy? The twist is he kicks everybody's ass.
0: Yep, Inc- everybody, Not like the even woman. the woman he's in. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna say, think for yourselves, people, or someone's gonna do it for you.